Welcome to Camofoil, the podcast that digs for the truth and keeps on digging. I'm Denise. I'm Matt. And this is the podcast in which we uncover the hidden meaning of the most important stories that will never, ever make the headlines, and maybe some that do. Whereas other media outlets want to keep you in the dark, we shine a floodlight right in your face. You may think you're being blinded, but you're finally seeing the truth. So sit back and let us expose our truth to you. This is Camofoil. Okay, welcome back, everybody. And for this episode, we're doing a special focus on real estate and property and specifically digital and virtual property. And this is coming out of the recent story, I think it was back in March, of an artist, Krista Kim, that sold a NFT, a non-fungible token for a digital home for $500,000. We thought this would be an interesting topic to discuss as uh, digital homes start to populate the landscape, if you will, and, uh, and, and we need to be prepared for this, this new realty reality. Yeah, because this is really quite terrifying to me personally. I just can't wrap my head around why we all have to be forced into this virtual reality real estate landscape now. Yeah, we all know that it's probably controlled by Jeff Bezos. And if it's not him, it's Bill Gates or maybe George Soros. And, you know, we don't even know where these houses are coming from. One day they're not there. The next day they just appear. Yeah. And, you know, part of me is worried that this is a big grab by the deep state to try to take all of our houses since housing prices are going up. They want to just force us all into these digital houses now so that they can take the real thing. Yeah. You just look at what's happening with major cities and, you know, millionaires and billionaires uh, buying up office space buildings, not even living in the properties. And the rest of us are going to be left with these digital homes, you know. And so, I mean, I think one place we should start at on this topic so that people can kind of understand the truth about what's going on is to talk about how do these homes get built? Yeah, because that's one of my big questions. I mean, are people just going to like the Home Depot website and picking up laborers there? Is that how that works? Or, you know, what, I, I mean, are these like good, strong, paying blue collar jobs for good blue collar people or, or, you know, what's happening here? That's a really important question. You know, who is building these houses? Is this yet another case of big home offshoring its jobs, you know, or bringing in some outside laborers? Uh, I mean, quite frankly, what I'm worried about with digital housing is you know, you don't really see how it gets built. You know, there's no real construction site except for maybe a, a website where you can see them putting it together. But, uh, you know, there's no workers at the site. And we know that workers in the tech industry have been moving towards unionization. And it could be a real disaster because, uh, you know, the already inflated prices of these of these houses could could really skyrocket with uh, with those labor costs. 
And I'm just worried how this would also affect your average real estate titan, like, you know, the former president. I mean, is this another attempt to drive him out of the real estate industry? Yeah, I think it pretty clearly is. It really seems to fit perfectly with the Biden deep state assault yet again on the former president. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in our in our previous episodes. And uh, it seems very likely that this is just another way to disenfranchise the former president. Yeah. I mean, how is he supposed to make money uh, if he can't build an actual tower and put his name on it? Yeah. I mean, a digital tower just doesn't have the same cachet. I mean, you look at any of those uh, social media companies that just have digital properties. I mean, can you think of a single logo of those companies? I mean, I don't even know what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's just no way that it could be as classy as Trump Tower. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it wrong because right. it, it just it doesn't involve any gold or gold plating or gold spray paint or even gold macrame. So these logos are just they don't stick in anyone's minds. And no, no, that's going to be a real problem for President Trump. <sighs> just another another burden that he has to shoulder. Yeah. Well, so. One of the, you know, for all the concerns about these digital houses, one of the advantages is that you should be able to design them however you like. So it seems like a real opportunity for us to talk about what would the ideal digital house look like for, say, a listener of Camafoil that's concerned about the future, that's concerned about our country, and that's that's concerned about digital housing. Yeah. I mean, you know, the important thing is if we can't stop this, we really should be prepared to subvert it for our own means. I mean, kind yeah. of like how, you know, if we can't change Twitter, we can just start a whole new social media platform and it'll be awesome and everybody will use it. Yeah, exactly. So this would be, you know, sort of the parlor equivalent of uh, digital housing, right? Yep. The parlor parlor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I let's just start right there. Every house needs a parlor parlor where, you know, you can go and uh, connect with your uh, QAnon community, Sydney Powell, perhaps, and uh, catch up on the on the on the latest uh, theories about uh, how America is being undermined. Correct. Yep. I mean, it will be really important to have yeah, just a nice, safe place to go and, and share your opinions and ideas with like-minded people mm -hmm. uh, and not have to worry about the, the deep state trying to censor you just for caring about this country. I think one of the great ideas that I have seen to include in the plan for your digital house, if you are going to design one and purchase it, is your own personal echo chamber. I think that's really important where it really just... You get in there, you know, you can share your ideas. I mean, it's kind of a personal meditative space, if you will, you know, a, a kind of like a home spa or a home gym, you know, and you just get in there and you let the ideas fly and it just confirms everything that you already thought you knew. I think that's really important. 
Yeah, I can't imagine anything that would be better in a home. I mean, it really is important to just amplify your message and be reminded that you are always right. I think that's really important. And the great thing about these uh, digital echo chambers is you can invite uh, other like-minded people into them. They actually have a filter that keep out uh, people that are that don't share your views and it really reinforces what you know to be true. Yeah. And, you know, something that uh, unfortunately I haven't been able to replicate in my real world house, certainly done my best, but sometimes, you know, family members come in or friends and they start saying things that just don't sound right at all. Yeah. And everybody seems to get really upset if I try to like slap a piece of tape over their mouth or something. I'm totally with you on that. I mean, I think it is really hard to realize this echo chamber in real life. And I, on the podcast, I've talked about my man cave a number of times and the various modifications that my wife has made to it because uh, I just don't have the uh, technical ability to do it. And uh, she actually came up with a novel system where there is a set of uh, Bose speakers embedded into every single wall. It's about a 10 by 10 room. And I think there's about 25 speakers distance wow. throughout. And there's a little remote control device. And if somebody starts saying something that I disagree with or challenges the the way I'm thinking or my worldview, I just have a button that I can push. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're hearing Wagner. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden we're hearing a part of Wagner's the ring cycle with Alex Jones uh, superimposed over it, or it might be Tucker Carlson or Hannity or, you know, Trump himself or Trump Jr. And um, it's really great. It is a little jarring for my guests because it does come on at full volume because, you know, if they are saying something that you disagree with, you really got to drown them out. Yeah, yeah. I felt a little bad. I have an elderly neighbor that I had invited over to have a couple of Diet Cokes. And, uh, you know, he started saying something about, uh, you know, Biden's uh, Save America plan, challenging some of the provisions that we talked about last time. And I hit the button and wouldn't you know it, uh, the poor guy started having a heart attack right there. And uh, I ran and got my wife and... Uh, uh, she was able to to help him out. Oh, well, that's good. And, you know, hopefully that'll just be, you know, a bit of a wake up call uh, and gives him some time to really think about where he might have gone wrong. Yeah. You know, as I always say, there's nothing that reinforces your views than listening to Wagner full blast. So what are some other, aside from the parlor parlor, the echo chamber, what are some other rooms or features of, you know, an ideal digital house that people might want to think about? Right. Well, you know, one of the things that you want to think about, of course, is your kitchen and the food and everything else. So, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that we strongly recommend is a fridge stock full of Trump steaks, create a wine cellar full of Trump wine mm -hmm. uh, and Diet Coke. Those are the pretty much the two beverages that you need to have on hand at all times. Right. Those are important things that you're going to want to have in case anybody stops over to visit you. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be a bad host and not have anything to offer. Well, and 
And we want to be clear just for a moment that, you know, we're all supposed to be boycotting the Coca-Cola company over its opposition to the Voting Integrity Act in Georgia. Oh, that's right. But because uh, Digital Diet Coke is actually made by, um, you know, it's licensed to a subsidiary company that I that I believe is partially controlled by Steve Bannon, it's completely fine. Purchase and uh, ingest, if you like, as much virtual Diet Coke as as you want. Right. Very good. An excellent point to bring up and and remind us all. And, you know, that's been one of the things in my life where I'm really torn because, you know, previously before the Coca-Cola company showed its true colors as red communists, yeah. uh, you know, we had stocked up on all that Diet Coke to be supportive of the former president. So, you know, I, I'm not sure. Do I can I still drink that or do I have to just dump it or uh, what, do, what do I do with all my cases and cases of Diet Coke? Well, I have two comments to that. I'm going to save your question for a moment. To your point about Coca, the Coca-Cola company being a red communist. I mean, does who would have known, right? I right. mean, who would have known? When I think of Coca-Cola, the last thing I think of is red. It's yeah. just not even associated. And, you know, if only there was some kind of warning maybe yeah. a red flag of sorts. We would have known, you know? Right. They hit it so well. And it's just, again, the deviousness and trickery that we have to deal with. Yeah. It just goes to show you uh, how much Big Cola has been uh, pulling the wool over our eyes for all this time. Yeah. Don't even get me started on the elitism of Dr. Pepper. Yeah. I mean, doctor, really? Right. Come on. It's an honorary right. degree. Give me a break. But, you know, the the other thing about, uh, you know, what to do about your your Diet Coke or God forbid, if you actually have some uh, Coke Zero or, or one of the other Coke varieties, I think the best thing to do is because, you know, those drinks have a have a real good shelf life, uh, especially if they're kept at room temperature or slightly above room temperature. And so I would recommend, you know, storing them in your basement maybe close to your furnace just so they can get a little of that extra preservative heat. And, uh, you know, we can just hope that the company is going to come back around again someday. It may be the case rather that uh, some more sympathetic members, uh, some more clear-sighted, level-headed members uh, join the board and, and, and help the company get back on track. That's a great idea. Yeah. And should that not happen, I suppose the other solution then is to sell it Democrats and progressives at a big markup and then donate that money to everybody fighting for election integrity and really, you know, beat them at their own game there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this boycott's been a real struggle for me because um, I got to tell you, there's there's nothing that tastes more like American freedom and democracy to me than a steaming hot glass of Coke. Yeah, that is the taste of democracy as it stands right now. Yeah, democracy as it stands right now is just like a burning hot carbonated beverage being shoved down your throat and scalding the inside of your esophagus. That's what I always say. In fact, I have a t-shirt with that on it. And if anyone would like one, I'm sure we're going to have them for sale in our merch uh, store pretty soon. There will be a big demand, I am sure. Yeah. You know, I was struggling earlier when we were talking about how the homes get built. Yeah. One thing that, that came to mind, if I can just circle back to that for a moment, is speaking of voting rights, is remind me of districting. Oh, 
where are all these digital houses going to end up? I mean, I, I sincerely hope that our representatives are uh, working on getting those fair voting districts drawn. Yeah. So that our views can be represented. Yes, that will be a big part of it. And, you know, again, another reason for all of our listeners to really jump in with both feet here and make sure that you have your own digital house and that you demand representation as such and that we that we're voting in our digital elections. Yeah, exactly. People need to write to their representatives and let them know about the digital housing that they're building, what district it's in uh, or what districts it could be in. I mean, I'm not sure. I've heard maybe some discussion of adding some members to the House of Representatives and to the Senate and maybe to the Supreme Court to represent those of us that are buying digital houses so we don't get disenfranchised. Yeah, it's important to have a digital government alongside the regular government to really make sure that all views are being represented. I mean, everyone knows that Thomas Jefferson's uh, famous phrase was life, liberty and property, virtual or not. Yep. I think that's on the, the walls of the virtual Thomas Jefferson Memorial. Mm -hmm. I have heard that they're thinking about inscribing it on bitcoins. I think that would be appropriate. It really would be. So what about some other features of our digital houses? You know, I mean, I, I like to think of mine as kind of a digital bunker. It's not just a house. Right. It is a place that I can escape to. And in addition to the echo chamber, there's, of course, a, a panic room. Yeah. If some digital Girl Scouts are at my digital doorstep selling me some digital kale chips, I can slam the digital door in their digital faces and run to my panic room and, you know, feel safe. I think it's really important. Yep. I think that is very true. And I would like to have like my own home apothecary set up in there as well. So that should I get any kind of digital virus or digital injury, mm -hmm. I'm stocked full with whatever it is that Alex Jones has recently recommended. And I can just treat myself. I don't have to go to some government death panel to decide whether or not I'm going to be able to survive. Yeah. God forbid you have to go to the CDDC, the Centers for Digital Disease Control, right? You don't want to go there. No. You don't want to be going to Big Digital Pharma for your treatments or to Big McPhee. Right. Because uh, McPhee and Norton antivirus software companies are now getting into uh, digital pharmaceuticals for people living in digital homes. You just don't even want to go down that road. I mean, now, how do you know those have really been tested? It's all the things that people are concerned about, but possibly even worse. Yeah. I mean, I think that they just give you more viruses so that they can charge you more to then try to treat those viruses. Yeah. I think that that sounds exactly right. Right. Because they're making money on both ends. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the tobacco companies that came up with smoking cessation treatments. Right. After they got you addicted to smoking. You know, I personally love to chew the nicotine gum while smoking a cigarette. So that's really value added for me. And I've got my glass of warm Coke there. It's it's really a sweet combination. I'm in my man cave listening to Wagner at full blast while my guests try to shout me down. Nothing says delightful Saturday night more than that picture I've just painted for you. 
So I think you're exactly right about having the, the home apothecary. You want to have your own source of your own tried and true digital remedies. So you don't have to rely on one of these suspect sources. Yeah. And thinking about a home apothecary, I mean, obviously any good home apothecary is built on homegrown remedies. Right. And that makes me think about the landscaping of our digital house. You know, if we're thinking about the, the outside as well as the inside. Yeah. One of the great things that you can do with these digital houses is your own private sculpture garden. Yeah. And I mean, this is your chance to really make your mark. And every time a statue gets torn down in the quote unquote real world, it's time to erect that right there in your statue garden. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's going to be full of Christopher Columbus and Robert E. Lee and everybody that the liberals think we shouldn't even talk about anymore. Yeah, Jefferson Davis, who, by the way, should be included in the presidents, right? The history of the presidents. Right, right. That's for another time. My personal approach, and, and I would encourage everyone to do this to my own digital sculpture garden, is not unlike Hydra from the Marvel movies. I don't know if you're familiar with this organization, but their motto is, or I don't know if it's really a motto, but it's just, you know, whenever any one of them is going to get taken out, they say, you know, cut off one head and two will replace it. Yeah. So for every Columbus statue that has come down in person, I have built two digitally in my sculpture garden. Oh, perfect. And it's really great because you can get some different poses. You know, I've got uh, Columbus looking off into the future and, you know, I've got him at his captain's wheel steering the ship uh like steamboat willie i mean i know he wasn't on a steamboat but whatever i gave him the little you know pinstripe cap like a railroad engineer um and i think it's a great statue that sounds beautiful and i think yeah you've you've got it right on the money i think that's exactly what everybody should be doing and again the beauty of these statues is you know we can really design you know like a whole party of all of these great fathers of history yeah and you know really put them all together we can create our own hall of presidents and make sure that all the right ones are included i actually have this part of my digital sculpture garden that is called the canon of canons and it's a play on words obviously the canon referring to the canon of statuary that i think makes up american identity and each one of those figures is straddling a canon from their time period um and it goes from you know the french and indian war up to january 6th January 6th, exactly. I've got a nice statue of the gentleman with the Viking horns straddling a, a historical canon, a digital reproduction, of course. And it's it's really quite nice. I've got a replica of Mount Rushner, you know, like uh, the one in, out in the Dakotas somewhere, except mine has 300 faces on it. Just a, a 360, that whole mountain, digital mountain is carved out um, and, and it looks great. Let me tell you. I'm sure it does. I can only imagine how wonderful that would be if we could get it replicated on the real one. But yeah, I think your canon of canons also really reinforces what we've all been trying to explain to these liberals, which is that statues teach us history. And if mm -hmm. we don't have them, how would anybody know what a canon looks like or how the canon has changed over the years without something like your canon of canons? Yeah. Or even how to use a canon. Right. People are always talking about how educational statues are, and they always forget you could go up to a real life canon, never having fired one. But if you've been 
been around enough statues, you know exactly what to do. Right. I mean, how do you think people who are doing those gender reveal parties are building the devices that blow out the color of their of their children? Yeah. And clearly not enough of them are seeing enough statues, which is why we have so many accidents with that. So, you know, again, thanks a lot, liberals. Yeah. Well, it is the silent killer. Yeah. Now, I think in terms of interior design, one of the nice things about a digital house is, you know, you can have TVs in every room. Right. Including the bathroom, of course. You don't want to forget that space. Nope. And the great thing about these TVs is you can get them set up pre-installed with filters to filter out mainstream media. Oh. Or any mention of mainstream media. Yeah. And that is so freeing. I mean, there's nothing like having 200 channels and 198 of them are blocked and you don't have to worry about all the garbage that's going to be on them. That's right. You know, you just have OHN and maybe a Fox channel or two. I mean, of course, the digital cable company is charging you for all 200 channels as they should. Right. I mean, it's a capitalist system for crying out loud. Right. And they actually charge extra for the filtering package. But that's a price I'm willing to pay. I call it the price of freedom. Yeah, because, you know, freedom isn't free. You can't possibly be free if you're not censoring out all the bad ideas that people have. It's what this country was built on. That's why there's all those redacted parts of the Constitution. Yeah, I've seen copies of the Constitution with all sorts of things just crossed out. So uh, clearly that's the way the Founding Fathers wanted it. Yeah. You know, if only we knew what was in those crossed out spaces. Yeah, that's not for us to know. And uh, I trust the Founding Fathers to have known what they were doing when they when they blacked it all out. Mm hmm. Now, I think there's one other feature of our digital house that we need to talk about. And that, of course, is the in-home tanning salon. Yeah, because you do not want your digital self to be all pasty and not healthy looking. You want you want somebody, you know, who really has a special glow about them. Mm -hmm. It's true. And you got to hand it to the former president as much as these digital properties are threatening his own real life properties. He's right in there offering his own line of spray on tans for your digital tanning salons. It's called 50 Shades of Orange. And there literally are 50 different shades of orange that you can pick from because every digital self, just like every human being has different skin tone and you're going to need a slightly different shade if you want to match that kind of classic spray on tan look that that the former president had. Yep. And, you know, and also, obviously, I'm not much of a fashion person, but even I know that like different seasons require slightly different shades. And it's great to have that kind of variety and selection and knowing that you're just you're going to look your digital best. Right. The great thing is it's it's only a small monthly fee to have access to these colors for your digital self. And yeah, everybody will be looking great in their digital homes with their digital spray on tans. It'll be wonderful. Hmm. So how then do people go about purchasing one of these houses? Yeah, I mean, that, of course, will be the big question for a lot of our listeners, I'm sure. And so I think that the best way to do that would be to take your GameStop stock and convert that to Bitcoin, right. which as I understand it, there's some sort of app for that, I'm sure. And then you can go ahead and you can buy the best digital house uh, that you want 
or I've heard this, this thing called blockchain, which I assume is like the chain link fence that you would have around your digital house. Mm -hmm. And so the more of that that you have, the more it shows that you have more money. So make sure that you have a really big, big fence around your house. Yeah. And, you know, not everyone is going to have the resources to invest in a lot of Bitcoin right off the bat. And so we're anticipating that there's going to be a fairly robust subprime mortgage market to purchase these digital homes. You know, you've heard it here first, but Countrywide actually is going to be offering low interest loans, virtually no qualifications, no credit checks. It's going to be super easy. You can get up to a million dollars in Bitcoin to purchase your digital home. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know much about Countrywide, but I have a feeling I've heard a lot about them before and it must all be great. And that's why it's stuck in my head. So I think this is uh, this is a win win scenario. Yeah. I always say that if it's a name that I recognize, then that must be a good name. Yeah. Because why would you remember something bad? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's why I have one son named Jesus and the other son is named Wagner. Perfect. So if people are, are interested in purchasing these digital homes, purchasing the NFTs, the non-fungible non tokens that give them ownership to these digital homes or digital bunkers, there's many different options that they could go with. You know, again, just another way that capitalism has really proven itself to be the superior economic form. You know, I understand some of the reservations that maybe people have, but I really think that the increase in the stock of these digital homes, you know, the number of these digital homes, I think is going to be nothing but good for this country. Yeah. Um, it means there's going to be plenty of homes for people to live in for years to come. And, and that's to say nothing of the additional jobs that it will create. Right. You know, you need the tender of your, your digital herb garden. You need somebody to polish your sculptures. Yep. I mean, I got a guy who comes in once a week to digitally clean up my cannon of cannons so that they're always looking great. Perfect. Yeah, because, you know, you've got digital birds flying around and that, they really can make a mess on your statues. So, yeah, you know, one wonders why those digital birds exist and why they made them, you know, so prone to relieving themselves, shall we say, all over the digital universe. But, you know, it is what it is, but it creates jobs. Yep. Job creators. And that's that's what we have to look out for. I mean, you can actually hire digital people people in this system to stand digitally in your digital echo chamber and just scream back at you whatever you are saying. Wonderful. It's a really great setup. And that's to say nothing of all the digital hair that needs to be digitally collected. So I know you're set for uh, for this as well. Yeah, our business is expanding. We are currently looking to hire some digital laborers to collect that digital hair because we're finding that a lot of people, in addition to building their tanning salons, are actually putting in real salons in their homes. It only makes sense. So, you know, the digital hair collection business, we're really getting in on the ground floor. We're getting in in the roots, you might say, of that industry. And that's so important. I mean, the roots really is key when it comes to you know, making sure that everything looks good. Yeah, we're really focused on the roots right now. And hopefully we'll be able to start offering that digital hair for sale. Wonderful. Uh, I can't wait.
Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, this gives our listeners some ideas so you guys can get in on the ground floor, as it were, and really just be part of the pioneers, an important part of our American heritage here and and go out and try to conquer the Wild West that is uh, digital real estate. Yeah. And just like the pioneers of yore, it just takes a mere half a million dollars to get one of these houses. I mean, that everyone knows that uh, the people on the Oregon Trail, those people were low. Loaded with money. Yeah, that's why they were headed out there. Yeah, I mean, why else would you move around? Yeah, yep. I'm just looking forward to the inevitable digital video game that is going to be based on this digital rush uh, that is coming. It'll be the best. It'll be something that generations of kids will love and have fond memories of. And they will look forward to playing Oregon Trail on their digital computer, in their digital house, on their computer in real life. It's, it's a perfect circle. It really is, yeah. Well, it's time for us to wrap up before the feds can triangulate our position. While we're fleeing the feds, please subscribe to Camofoil on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want us to keep exposing our truth to you, give us a five-star rating. If you want to continue to live in ignorance, give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to tell everyone you know to listen to us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook, including even your neighbor, who is probably a member of the Deep State. I'm Denise. I'm Matt. This is Camofoil. And remember, don't believe anything until you hear from us again, even if you never hear from us again. Thank you.